Hello and welcome to the Performance Cycling Podcast. This is a Lap. Todd, what do we have on deck? So today we're going to talk a little bit about mindfulness practice and its effect on sport performance. And I know this is something that's a little bit different than what we're used to talking to. Usually we're taking a deep dive into something related to your physiology. And this is a little bit of a departure from that, but there's some interesting research. And so I actually looked at this systematic review. The title is Effects of Mindfulness Practice on Performance Relevant Parameters and Performance Outcomes in Sports, a Meta-Analytical Review. So a lot of big words there, but just the idea is, well, what about that mind-body connection? Uh, the, how does that influence our performance in sport? And what might we learn in terms of how that may help us uh, if we take up a mindfulness practice uh, as part of our training for cycling? So I don't know, Jason, before I dive in any further, have you ever done any sort of mindfulness exercises or meditation, anything of the like? either for sport performance or otherwise. I have done a little bit of meditation and I don't know if I felt any different. I I had to have done it maybe a few times in a row. It was not a regular thing or not, you know, a six week study, you know, a six week mm -hmm. study of one, but I have done some and, um, you know, some people, I think a lot of people will make up an excuse for why it doesn't work for them or for why they don't want to keep doing it. But um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's sort of just like that. Um, the cost-benefit analysis, I think for a lot of people, they don't feel like it's there. Sure. And I, I think one of the things, at least this week, my own experience, is to do this well, and again, just my, my own experience, it's not easy. It, it takes some effort. It's not like you just put your head down on the pillow and fall asleep. Uh, there's some actual effort involved. And so sometimes I wonder if that's also part of the equation there as well. Do I really want to do this well or where's the value? So I'm hoping that just discussing this, at least it'll show you where some value may lie in terms of mindfulness practice for sport. And so just at the highest level summary of the paper, they conclude that mindfulness practice consistently, consistently and notably improves mindfulness scores amongst various sport disciplines. Well, that doesn't surprise me. I don't think it would surprise you either, Jason. If you practice, you should improve at that, right? You should become, if you're practicing mindfulness, you should become more mindful over time. So that's, that's fair. I think now where we get into the interesting stuff, physiologic and psychological performance parameters, I'm going to go into this a little bit more, improved to a meaningful extent following the mindfulness practice. Okay. And then this one is maybe not quite related to cycling. Some disciplines perhaps would benefit from this more so than others, but mindfulness practice can be considered as a performance enhancing complementary training approach in precision disciplines, such as shooting and dart throwing. So not quite cycling, but I could, I can imagine some aspects of cycling could benefit from that sort of approach more than others. So can we dive into the, uh, the physiological adaptations? Of course, of course. I, I knew that's what you were going to ask about because I know that's what you're most interested in. They look at several different things in terms of uh, what's changing. And so they look at salivary cortisol levels, they look at resting heart rate, they look at immune response, and they look at maximum oxygen uptake. The net effect is it's 
favorable for the intervention. So net, we're seeing an improvement. The biggest thing they see the improvement in is uh, salivary cortisol, so really stress-related levels. Oxygen intakes, very small change. Um, resting heart rate is actually a pretty decent change. That was second. So you can see, though, okay, you're becoming calmer. That makes sense. That sort of aligns with shooting performance as well. You know, it's important to calm the heart rate when you're doing precision shooting. Now, what's interesting is that even though there were really small changes in maximum oxygen uptake, they actually observed lower lactate concentrations after mindfulness practice, independent of without changing the maximum oxygen uptake. And was that in uh, resting athletes or was that in like while they were riding or running? So that was... I take it to be exercising rather than um, actually like resting. So actually doing mindfulness will decrease or has shown to decrease lactic acid levels during exercise following it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. And I also noted um, you mentioned cortisol levels were lower, correct, in um, salivary, right. so mouth cortisol levels. And the sort of standard one standard measure that we use. And so I remember from a previous episode that cortisol levels are associated with stress for one, mm -hmm. but two also fat storage. Mm -hmm. And so we noted, I believe this is actually from the um, losing weight during base training episode. We want to decrease our cortisol levels in order to maximize our fat metabolism and also our fat burning. And so mindfulness one decreases lactic acid levels. Two, allows us to tap into our fat reserves a bit better. Oh, and then they also suggest here that there's this positive effect in, on the immune system that they can observe. Now, they extrapolate a little bit and suggest that this particular change in immune function may allow us to better uh, manage the related inflammation and tissue change that comes from exercise. So any tissue damage that's resulted from an intense workout that we may actually be able to better manage that and that may enhance our recovery. So oh, that's, that's a good really thing. Interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think that on top of the lower cortisol levels, which should also help with recovery, I believe, we also, mm -hmm. so there's decreased inflammation, increased fat metabolism. Well, so the decreased inflammation isn't observed it's implied from some of the other results okay it's believed that that's what happens but has not been measured very interesting so it seems like there are a few good benefits i guess my final question is do you have a protocol for us do you have uh some sort of standardized methodology that we can try out or follow and so i think that's one of the challenges with this particular study is there were many different protocols that the people went through in terms of their mindfulness and many different approaches that they took. So it's not like there's just, well, I wish I could tell you, oh, there's just the one where you do it for this long and um, that's how it's, how it's done. Uh, it's actually, there's actually several. And so we have to dig back through the paper and say, okay, well, which of these seems to be the most doable and is still associated with the, um, the particular performance benefits that you're looking at. But just for example, meditation, it was a lot. Right? You're talking about some of these sessions were 
up to an hour and a half long. Hmm. Um, so it's a long, it's a long time to be meditating, right? So to have the extra time for that. But let me see here. So it looks like the shortest study session that showed some result here was approximately 20 minutes, but they were doing that almost every day. So that's a, there's a commitment there, but if the psychological benefits there, if it helps you sleep better, perhaps uh, there may be other benefits as well. Uh, certainly in the psychological domain, we know that mindfulness practice is beneficial. So something, certainly something to consider um, within your practice, especially if perhaps like performance anxiety around a race is an issue, then this may have additional benefit both beyond the physiologic pieces that we were discussing. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think it's sort of like pick which of these things are beneficial to you. Like for example, we know, you know, the Stroop test during exercise can improve your performance. We know sauna use can improve your performance. For some people, meditation works for them. It'll help improve their performance. Other people, they really enjoy using the sauna. The point is, you don't have to do all these things. You don't have to feel obligated to do these things. But here's another option where you could see some benefit in your athletic pursuits. Yeah, absolutely. And I would look at it this way of, we know that different athletes respond to different types of training and a particular athlete will respond to one sort of training stimulus. And that's really the missing piece perhaps in their training repertoire. And in some, some cases, I think about these things like mindfulness or your sauna work being, oh, maybe this thing's the missing piece. Maybe you particularly have trouble in this area. And now here's some good evidence to support going down this path and adding this one thing into your routine to help your performance. All right. That's all we have for the pre lab today. Get out there and go ride your bike. <laughs>